Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump into the message. So tonight we're going to dive into a very, very simple message. And honestly, this is a message that I am preaching to myself. And sometimes when I do that, it's one of my my best messages. So I'm going to give it a good go at it and try to preach it myself tonight. Um, But the the title of tonight's message is a question. Like I said, this is a very, very simple message. And the title of tonight's message is, Are You Working or Are You Waiting? Are You Working or Are You Waiting? Let's pray. God, thanks so much for these students. Thank you that with all their busy schedules and with all the things they've got going on and the tests and the homework and the athletics, music, whatever it is, God, that they are taking this time to simply just be here with you, to get truth, to be filled up, to be poured into. And I just pray, God, that they don't waste this opportunity and this moment and this night to truly feel your presence. I pray, God, that I would totally step out of the way and that your words would just overflow and pour out in this room and that hearts would be changed, lives would be changed, eternities would be changed because of what you're going to do in this place tonight. It's your name that we pray. Amen. So how many of you like to wait? Nobody, right? Yeah. Nobody likes to wait. I am not the most patient person. You can't ask my husband. Um, so if you if you think about that question... Are you working or are you waiting, which is the title of the message, like I said. It seems like almost working would be the right answer, right? Like you want to you wanna work for things. You want to strive for things. You don't want to wait because waiting sounds complacent, right? Waiting sounds boring. Waiting sounds like nothing's going to happen. But working, like that, that sounds rewarding. And it's really easy to believe that and to want to answer that question with working when the world is screaming at you to work. Work for what you want. Go get your goals. Go get your dreams. I don't know how many times I've been on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and then these ads or, you know, sponsored posts pop up, and they're like, follow this five-step process or five-step plan to hit this goal or excel in your business. And it all pops up because it's telling you to strive and work and build, get it done, go to work. So social media platforms are saying, hey, capture the, the, the perfect image. Be consistent. Build up a platform. And then worldly beauty standards, they're telling you, hey, get to that size, you know, work out more, eat less. Schools are saying, get the 4.0, you got to get straight A's, be as involved as possible, especially at a place like Wartburg. Coaches are saying, hey, you got you to gotta make the starting lineup, okay? You got to work hard, you got to put in the time, you got to get the W. And then society is saying, you got to put in the late hours, you got to do the side hustle because the, the regular job or, you know, just doing your classes and not doing more isn't enough. You got to chase the fame. You got to build the wealth. The world wants you to work. And the world will applaud you for a little while if you work. And working itself, striving, setting goals, chasing them, whatever, that itself is not a bad thing. But I think too often we're so focused on the working in our own strength, that we forget to wait on the Lord. And there's this huge movement right now. I don't know if you've seen it or, you know, seen different posts or heard it, but there's this huge movement out there in the world 
called manifestation. I'm going to manifest this for myself. I'm going to make this happen for myself. Okay, manifestation is not biblical, okay? God doesn't want you to manifest things because you're saying basically that it's all on me. And honestly, if you're not going to wait on God, it's going to suck, okay? Manifestation to me sounds absolutely horrible because basically I'm saying it's all on me. It's all on my shoulders. No one's got my back. I just don't like that. So I think naturally, you know, with all this, the manifestation stuff happening, I think naturally our culture is becoming more self-centered and more selfish. And so naturally we start to rely on God less. We don't want to wait on him. So I'm going to tell you a verse, and this is the entire point of the message, this one single verse. So we're just going to stick on it the whole night. And it's Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. You probably heard it. It says, but they that wait... They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So the problem is that too many of us are working so hard for things that we want instead of waiting on the Lord to give us what he knows that we need. And the verse says that those who wait on the Lord, they're not even going to get tired. They're not going to get weary. They're not going to grow faint. So I think if you're, not, if you're not waiting on the Lord and you're just working in your own strength, you, you're going to be running, but you're going to get weary. And you may be walking, but you're going to faint. And you may be wondering, what, what, what does waiting on the Lord mean? Like, what does that even mean? Waiting on God or waiting on the Lord means that you absolutely, without a doubt, 100% trust the Lord. That you trust him. So, so when you're waiting, you're expecting him to be in the midst and in the outcome of everything in your life, of everything that you do. You wait on him and you trust that he has your future. You wait on him and believe that he has got good things in store. So I want to walk through a couple of examples of maybe some things that you are working for and that you're striving in that you're not waiting on the Lord for, especially in college in the season of your life. So one of them may be relationships, right? You may be working for a a romantic relationship. And so what that might look like working for it is you might try to get a bunch of apps and get people to swipe right. That that might be you working. Or you may... um, You may watch a lot of things online to just know that you're doing the right things. Instead of working and striving and going and trying to play this matchmaker role, you're not waiting on the Lord to bring you the right person that he has for you. You know, you may be working for that validation from accomplishments, especially, especially at Warper. You may be working for that validation, that security, that identity. So you strive to get the 4.0. You strive to get the starting spot on the team. And you place your value and your worth and identity into the results of the test or the game. So then when the test doesn't go how you want it to, and the game doesn't go how you want it to, you just feel terrible about yourself. And you start to question who you are. You're not waiting on the Lord to give you your identity. Another thing that you may be working to do, you may be working to figure out what to do with your life your major, your career choice. So you put these plans. I did this during my time in college. You put together these plans on paper and in your head, and you try to map out how life's going to look, and you stress and you worry, and you get all this anxiety about it. You're not waiting on the Lord to guide your steps and trust him that he's going to open the right door at the right time. 
You're essentially saying, I'm going to be anxious about it. I'm going to be nervous about it. I'm going to be worried about it. I'm going to make these plans for myself because I don't trust the Lord with my future. But what's really interesting is that this, this verse, this Isaiah 40, 31, the reason why it was written is because there were the people called the Israelites, and they were in trouble. They were in danger from enemies, okay? But the danger that God saw was not the enemy. That's, that's not the danger that he saw. The, the danger that God saw was the temptation for these people, the Israelites, to run to other people, run to, it was Egypt, run to another country and other people for help instead of going to him. That was the danger, not the enemy. It was who they went to. And at this point in time, when this passage was written, the Israelites, the Israelites were really worn out. They were super tired, and they were, they were wondering where God was. And I bet some of you in this room are probably there. You, you've, you're wondering about your present circumstances, why God would have you there. You're wondering about your future, why you don't have answers yet, why things in the past have happened. And you are worn down like these people. I want you to let this verse remind you tonight to wait on the Lord, which means before you make any effort on your own, before you make any effort to go to other people, you seek the counsel of God. You pray about it. Before you do anything at every little occasion, I don't care if you're going to an interview, I don't care if you're going to a conversation, every single encounter, interaction that you have, you seek the counsel of God. And so God, you say, not, not my desires, my wants, but your will. That's what we should say in every single thing that we do. Every time I have a one-on-one with somebody, every time I go meet with a student, I'm seeking the counsel of God. I don't want my flesh to give them worldly advice. I want God and the Holy Spirit to work through me to give them godly, heavenly advice. Okay, so waiting on the Lord, it doesn't mean doing nothing. It means having that expectancy in all things that the final result of all that we do lies in the hands of God. It's, it's that simple. But some of us have not grasped that. It's very easy to say, very easy to maybe think about, very hard to grasp and actually live out. Or maybe you have in the past, but you've forgotten it. Because honestly, if you, if you truly believe that, if you truly believed that you can trust and wait on the Lord and not work for everything, you would not be as anxious as you are. You would not be as stressed out as you are about the result. And so don't get it twisted, okay? I'm not telling you not to apply for the jobs and to make your, you know, your resume look the best that it can possibly be. But I am saying do not obsess over finding the perfect job or career or major, whatever it is, instead of trusting that God is going guide to guide each step. Because the honest truth is that you're probably going to pick a major and not even end up in that career. <laughs> Let's be real. Tyler was literally journalist and communications, and now he works at a bank, okay? But you can trust that at every pivot, God's going to be there. So you don't need to have this whole plan mapped out for yourself. You can do your best as worship unto God, but you don't need to obsess over mapping out your entire future, okay? I'm not going to tell you not to put your best foot forward and not to meet new people that you could potentially date, okay? Brush your teeth, put deodorant on, take a shower, look presentable, okay? Put your best foot forward. But I am saying you don't need to obsess over playing matchmaker for yourself. Instead of believing that God is going to put the right person in your life at the right time. Tyler and I, we met when Tyler finally was like, I'm done. I'm done playing matchmaker for myself. And then bada bing, bada boom, look at what he got. Okay? I'm not telling you to put your best, not to put your best foot forward in academics or athletics. Do your best. Go to practice early. Okay? Put in the work. Put in the hours. Whatever. Do your best. as worship unto God. But I am telling you not to obsess over achievements. 
and the result of, of how you're doing on the field, on the court, in the classroom, and have that be your identity instead of knowing that there is nothing, get this, okay? There is nothing, nothing, nada, zip, nothing you can do to make God love you more or love you less, okay? There's nothing that you can do to make God love you more or love you less. Here's an example in the Bible, okay? So anybody heard of Abraham and Sarah? Anybody read their Bible in the room? Okay, nods, no hands. Okay, it's fine. We're, we'll, we'll build that confidence over the year, okay? So Abraham and Sarah, they wanted to have a baby, and they were old, like kind of like just eh, gross little. Okay, they were old, all right? And they wanted to have a child, and, and God promised them, hey, I'm going to give you a son. Like God told them, I'm going to give you a son, Okay. But it took 11 years of waiting, and still nothing was happening. And so they got super frustrated, and they're like, you know what? I think we can take matters into our own hands, and we can make this happen for ourselves, okay? So they got this idea, hey, how about, um, Abraham, how about you sleep with my servant, Hagar, and then you can have, like, our, our baby, okay? So option number one over here, all right, option number one. Miracle child from God. Miracle child from God. Option number two, have your husband sleep with your servant, knowing that you are not going to like your husband after he does it, and you're going to be really bitter and resentful. And they pick option number two. And to us, it seems really stupid, right? But we do that all the time. God has way better things over at option one, but we run to option two because it's immediate and it's there and we want to work and strive and get it without waiting on the Lord. And so what happened as a result is Sarah ended up treating her servant Hagar so badly that Hagar ran away. So when we do things in our own strength, when we work for things without waiting for the Lord, it is possible that you can get the result that you want and never feel the reward from it. So Abraham and Sarah, they got a kid. They got what they wanted. They got a baby. But what followed was years of, of trial, regret. Okay? It's possible to get the result of what you are looking for and not feel the reward from it. Because you're not working and waiting for the Lord. You're just simply working for the world. So some of you may be wondering, okay, why, why did God just, like, not do it right there? Like, why do we have to wait sometimes? Why did Abraham and Sarah have to wait that long? It's very simple. It's not the right time. And God has a much bigger perspective than we do. And it's not to punish us or withhold good things from us. He just knows more than we do. And, and oftentimes while we're waiting for things, it's because he's trying to do heart work in us. He's just trying to work on our hearts, that's all. And so often we're, we're striving to be successful in the world, but we are, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. So I would encourage you to focus on succeeding in the areas that God looks at. And that's not, it's not wealth, and it's not fame, and it isn't your relationship status, and it isn't popularity. He looks at your heart. To him, your heart is what determines your success. But your heart is developed in the waiting. Okay, so the verse that we, that we read talks about how those who wait on the Lord, they, they will mount up with wings like eagles, which is kind of funny because it's wings anyway. That deserves 
better, but it's fine. It's wing night, and it says wings in the passage, so I um, thought it was kind of funny. But those that study birds, okay, we're going to move on. Say the birds, they do three things. There's three methods of flight. There's flapping, there's gliding, and there's soaring. All right, flapping is keeping their wings in constant motion like a hummingbird, constantly going. And it's to counteract gravity. And flapping keeps them in the air, but it is a lot of work, all right? And this is what it looks like when we are constantly working ourselves without any trust in God. We try to do all the work. We try to control all the outcomes. And at the end of it, we're just worn out. That's just the result of it. And some of you may, you may look at other people who are flapping, and you may think, hey, they're not waiting on the Lord. They're working for everything, and they're actually getting results. But they are tired. They're worn down. You know how many people that our society and our world looks up to and puts in the Hall of Fame and all these, you know, gives all these prizes and everything? And maybe they, they worked hard, but they were tired. If you look at how their marriages were, if you look how their finances were, if you look at what their identities were wrapped around, they were tired. They were worn down. They were just flapping their wings and working and not waiting. But the second thing is gliding. And here, what birds do is they build up enough speed, and then they coast downward a while. They can coast for a little bit. It's much more graceful than flapping, but unfortunately, the birds do not go very far in that because gravity sets in, and, and gliding is nice, but it doesn't last. And I think a lot of people operate here. I think I operate here a lot of the time. And they say that they, they wait on the Lord or they trust in the Lord, but they still tend to think that it's all up to them to be successful to live out their purpose and to live out their calling. And so they have these moments of freedom or peace or joy, but they still feel a lot of anxiety about the result of things. And most of the time, it's because they're working to strive for worldly gain instead of waiting on the Lord and letting their hearts be changed. Just a few weeks ago, I was talking to Tyler and I was trying to, like, map out these different plans, you know, that I have for us in the future, things that I want to do and, and strive for and all this stuff. And I was kind of, like, stressed out about it. And he just stopped me. And he said, if God wants those doors to open, he's going to do it. So if you're waiting on the Lord, if you're trusting in the Lord, he is going to do it. And the third way, so we have flapping, we have uh, gliding, and thirdly, we have soaring. And this is what the verse is talking about, Isaiah 40, 31. Only a few birds, like eagles, are capable of soaring. Not many of them can do it. And the wings of an eagle are so strong, without moving a single feather, they can go way high, up to great heights. They've even been clocked up at 80 miles per hour without having to flap at all. They just soar in invisible columns of air. They use invisible columns of air. They call them thermals. Getting real scientific. But only a few people in life are going to soar because only a few people get it. Only a few, few people grasp that they can truly wait on the Lord. They can trust him in all things, in all areas. And, you know, I find it really interesting that the things that make the eagles soar are invisible can't see them. And the things that make us soar, it's God alone. And you can't see him. But you can trust that he is there and he is working and he will make you soar if you wait on him. There's more to life than what you see. And get this, the eagle, it can go up to 
10 to 20,000 feet. And they can see better than a human can times eight. So they can spot, they can focus in on, you know, prey or another animal at a distance that's like two miles away. And when you wait on the Lord, you're going to mount up with wings like eagles. And you're going to have a perspective that nobody else has. Because it's not just going to be your narrow worldly perspective. It's going to be a huge God one. And also the soaring eagle, it may appear to be lazy, may appear to be sluggish to someone who's just like casually observing. However, if the, the observer is aware of the eagle's large size, of its great heights to which it soars, then you won't be deceived. Because the eagle has a seven-foot wingspan that allows it to soar effortlessly, thus giving an illusion that it's moving at a snail's pace. And I'm just telling you, when you wait on the Lord to the world, it may look like you are moving at a snail's pace. Because you may not be taking the shortcuts like everybody else's, but over time, over time, this is a long-term thing, not a short-term thing. And too often in college, we're, we're just living life in the short term. But over time, they realize that the extra effort they're putting in themselves are not going to get them as far as if they waited on the Lord again and again. God's promised that he has got good things for you. So be who he's called you to be and, and believe that. And also, one time somebody saw uh, an eagle fly across a lake in less than, an entire lake in less than a minute. And the lake was two miles wide. So that means that that average time that it took that eagle to go across the lake was 120 miles per hour. You're going to get further faster when you wait on the Lord. And lastly, the eagle is the only bird, the only bird that's going to fly above a storm. It can avoid the storm. It can, it can soar above it. It can fly above it. It has the perspective of being above the storm. And I'm just telling you, that doesn't, that doesn't cause the storm to go away. And sometimes you're going to have storms in life. But you, if, if you are truly waiting on the Lord, you can have peace and you can have joy and you can have hope and you can have resilience even in the midst of the storm because you can soar above it. If you wait on the Lord, but soaring, if you want to soar, that requires sacrifice. And we'll often have to give up things in order for God to, to do that in our lives. And I can look back on, on my life, on all the little pieces that he put together. And I truly started soaring in different areas of my life when I sacrificed things, when I sacrificed my accomplishments, my achievements, my, my passions, whatever it was, my money. That's when I soared. It's because he, he's working on my, my heart when I'm doing that. And, you know, in the Bible, many times, our relationship with God is compared to a marriage here on earth. We are his bride. That's what the Bible says. We, we're all his bride. The church is his bride. And I've asked Tyler before. I've literally asked him. I said, Ty, is there anything that I can do to make you love me more? Or love me less? What, what, if I, what if I did more? What if I strive for more? What if I accomplish more? And he said, no, it's not about what you do. Nothing that I do could make him love me more. Because he just loves me for me. He loves my heart. And I'd say the exact same thing about my husband. I don't care if he, if he reached all the worldly success or wealth in the world. It would not make me love him more. Because I love who he is and I love his heart. And as long as his heart is good, I'm going to love what he does. 
Because the natural fruit from a good heart is going to be good works. But I'm not looking at that. I'm just looking at his heart, and that's what I love. And that is exactly what God thinks about you. He's not obsessed with what you do. He's not obsessed with how hard you're working. He's not obsessed with your accomplishments. He just wants your heart. But your heart can only be developed, can only be good if you are waiting on the Lord. And you know, when you're a child, you're not worried. You're not worried about someone taking care of you. You're not worried that no one's going to be there. And Tyler was talking about this a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago. He said, you know, Hazel just trusts us. That's our daughter. She just trusts us. Like she can just like fall. She can just flail. And she trusts that we're going to be there for her. She waits on us. If, if, if we're in all in the living room and then Tyler and I go out to the kitchen and she's still in the living room, she just moves her little, you know, hands and feet and she crawls out to us and she follows us wherever we go because she is waiting on us. And I wonder what our lives would look like if we would stop trying to lead God and actually start following him. And you know, another thing that Hazel does is we have these stairs in our house that go go up. We have like our main level and she loves to go at the bottom of these stairs and she knows that she's supposed to wait for mom and dad before she can climb up because we don't want her to get hurt. We don't want her to fall. And sometimes she'll get to that bottom step and she'll look over at us like she'll look back because she knows that we're there. And sometimes we call her back and she gets off the step and she comes back to us. But other times she'll go back to that bottom step and she'll look back at us knowing that we're telling her, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Wait for mom and dad. And she'll just go up anyways. And you know what happens? Tal and I don't sit back and wait for her to fall or, or fail. We are right behind her no matter if she crawls back to us or not. And that is exactly, that is an image exactly of what God does for us. Even when we look back at him and we know that he's there, but we're not wanting to wait for him. And we just go, he's going to be there. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fail. We're going to fall a lot more times if we just don't wait for him to go with us. So would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes tonight? Because as soon as that first song hit that we sang tonight, I just, I, I truly did feel just this, this, this presence in the room of the Holy Spirit, this presence in the room. I, I hope that you felt it too. I hope that as Joy was speaking and as we were all singing together, worshiping God, that you felt it. Because I believe that chains need a break tonight on some people. And so if that's you tonight and you're saying, I am living in bondage, maybe you're living in sin, maybe you're living in the weight of this world and the striving and the working and the doing, and you're just tired and you're worn out and you're done and you're ready to not live like that anymore. Instead, you want, you want the longevity, you want the long-term things that God has for you. You want to truly wait on the Lord and trust him with your life. If you want to do that for the first time tonight or you have fallen away and you've done this worldly stuff and instead you're saying there is something more for me, there is someone who has my back, I don't want to just strive and do and like the immediate results and not the long-term effects. If that's you tonight and you're saying, Jesus Christ, you are my Savior, you're my pers personal Lord, you're my friend, you're my Father, and I choose to live for you every single day in my life. If tonight's your night to do that, to commit your I'm going to ask that you raise your hand and be bold. There's no one looking. 
Raise your hand on the count of three if that's you tonight and you're saying, Jesus, I choose you for the first time or I'm coming back to you. One, two, three. Raise your hands, Lord, if that's you. Thank you, you can put those hands down. Let's all say this prayer together. Say, hey, God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. I'm sorry. I've made mistakes. I've sinned. Please forgive me. Help me to wait. Help me to soar. I want to live for you. I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And like I said, man, that even just the first and second songs and Joy's ministry moment, I just don't want you to waste this time. And so we just have a couple more songs, and then we'll have some fellowship time together. But just don't waste this time. Don't be thinking about what you got to work for and what you got to do and what you got to strive for. Let this be a time of refreshment, of being poured into, and of just praising the Lord. Let's all stand. Let's worship together. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights, and the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.